pray and get started. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together today to be inspired by your story through the scriptures and through each and every one of our lives. We just thank you for the opportunity we have to meet outdoors in this amazing weather, to um, come together as friends, as family, to celebrate um, the 4th of July weekend together. And as we look to uh, today and... um, looking at even freedom throughout the scriptures, that each of us finds hope and inspiration as we move throughout our weeks and go forward and that we can bring to our celebrations and our families and our friends and our workplaces this next week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I've got the verses on this sheet for for most of the ones that I'm sharing. Uh, But I don't know about you guys, but I definitely, um, uh, when I was growing up, Church wasn't as bad as maybe the people in the church when it came to restrictions, no freedom, something going on. I remember, uh, and we were, I grew up in a smaller church plant, kind of like Bloom. Um, but even like at my high school, like I remember in junior high, there was finally like a, a Bible study or something you could go to. And I went to this Bible study and um, it was obvious that I was not welcome right away because I wasn't trying to be absolutely perfect or pretending to be perfect really all the time. And so you didn't, I did not feel welcome there at all. It was this constricting, well, if you can't even dress a certain way and act a certain way and condemn people really that aren't saying Jesus every few moments you felt this like pressure to something else and so I just didn't feel like there was room there there was anything going on um I went to a couple youth groups at times that seemed to be more accepting and and empowering but there seemed to be still this they there there was this pressure to not be Luke to be something else and there's so many people I've had conversations with lately that um, feel the pressure. Uh, they're not even a part of a church, but somehow church and religion and growing up has made them feel like they can't be who they are. That that being a follower of Jesus means not being me, me turning into something else. That throw, like getting rid of my strengths or my hobbies, and that just doesn't seem like freedom. That seems like something that's trying to turn us into something completely that we're not. I remember when. Uh, I went to a um, a class when I was entertaining the possibility of being a minister, and it was called Two Kinds of Righteousness, the kind that Jesus gives you and the kind that the church tries to force you into. Uh, and it was written, it was a, based off a book that was written by E.W. Kenyon in like 1897, and this thing was fantastic. And I didn't even realize that this minister who was leading it, I didn't even realize there was a perspective out there, which we call grace now, that it's what Jesus has done alone, it's not us, but it empowered, like we trust that he's made us good and he's put gifts and talents on the inside of us that we can run with. And I remember that message and that book and that class being the most freeing feeling I felt in all my life with religion. And it seemed like all the, the questions that people have asked me to put on a shelf or all the parts that seemed cloudy or all the stuff that made you freaked out just all seemed to, like, a puzzle that only had a few pieces, everything started to fit together and make more sense. And I remember how freeing it felt. Now, I'm from a huge family. Like, it's 
both my mom and dad's side have like seven siblings and with lots of kids. And so I have over 50 cousins between the two sides of the family. And uh, the one side with more cousins, they're super religious. And where I have an uncle who is a missionary and now teaches at uh, Christian University. And been, we've had pastors and youth pastors in the family. And then there was Luke who was seen as the black sheep, which whatever, I roll with that. But this, this freedom to now do something different, I never had a desire to be, uh, or never even thought I could be used by God, but you start introducing freedom to people, and all of a sudden, my life started changing. It was like freedom empowered me to, uh, to be who God created me to be. And with that, there came like a love for others. There came a passion to do church differently. There came All this stuff came from freedom, not from restrictions, not from trying to force me into an image, but a freedom to follow after the Holy Spirit and find out what God has put me inside. Like opened me up to so many more things. Things I would never have thought of doing or loving people a certain way or um, befriending the homeless or anything like that. It just, there, there's something that about freedom that was so empowering, but it seems so different than what I had been holding on to before or some of these conversations I've been engaging in lately where people feel so constricted and feel like uh, they really, there's, a, there's an urge to come to, to talk about God or spirituality again, but they're so nervous to lose themselves in this process because they need to give it all away. And there is a selflessness that we talk to. And at the end of the day, it'll, it'll, it brings us back to that. But there's a, the freedom, there's that release, there's that rest, there's that celebration that comes with it. Now, the other reason I like to talk about this, I usually don't, I don't know, in the years past, like to like make like Fourth of July weekends or Mother's Day weekends or Father, about like that same topic because, I don't know, it just seems we're meeting for church, let's just be inspired by something else. But this last year, I've just seemed to roll with it every single time. I don't know what it is. And with the freedom thing, I've read so much articles and even had conversations with people, even on Friday I was working at the bar, that feeling like Fourth of July doesn't seem as free as it used to feel this year. And even for some years. And, and it depends on who you talk to. There was an older African-American gentleman and he was like, I, Fourth of July has never felt free for me. He's like, this is the day that I realize how limited my freedom is. And he's like, I do celebrate the limited freedoms I have, but he's like, it propels me to do something different. And he actually even, Adam, he was talking about an article that he forwarded to me that was written by um, uh, a civil rights activist for years. And this, this guy published this essay about how um, Fourth of July for him was the freedom to not celebrate it and to look to something else and to give back on that day. And so it just made me start thinking of how much in around us sometimes we, even though we live free, some of us feel free, some of us don't. We experience freedoms in Christ that if we don't talk about these things, freedoms in Jesus, freedoms that propel us into something better, that if we're not willing to go there, like we miss the boat on everything else. Freedoms that no matter how, uh, that are talked about to people, groups that are much more enslaved than we are or enwrapped in trouble, yet they could find hope in a message that was deeper than something like that. Um, the definition of just the word freedom in the Webster's is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants to without hindrance or restraint. It, it really conjures up images to me of being, like of, of coming from your core, of being from, instead of being controlled from the outside, we're being, you get to choose from the inside. And I guess scripture is always showing us it's either the inside, we're looking from our spirit, which is our true self, or we're looking for just 
our our flesh has desires. Like I feel like cookies right now, so I'll eat a box of cookies. Or I'm, you know, it, there, there's there's something deeper than just carnal cravings that we can look to and find the path. The further definition, if you go where that goes, like bullet points, is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, a state of not being subject subject to or affected by an undesirable thing, unrestricted use of something, familiarity or openness in speech and behavior. The synonyms are independence, liberation, liberty, release, immunity, right, privilege. If we think about these in terms of the message of Jesus, the good news of the gospel, there's something empowering, there's something true that we're like, yes, this is what this message of Jesus was. But then if you look at the antonyms, the reverse of what this is, dependence, captivity, liability, restriction, how many times does this, maybe not even accurately what some church communities are, but the perception of what a church community is in life. When Jesus talks about freedom and he talks about it so much, this liberation or liberty or freedom, how do we come away with this, with some of these altering messages, something that looks different? If we look to scriptures in Luke 4, 18 through 19, Jesus says, and he's, he's um, quoting a verse from Isaiah. He says, he sent me to those who are held captive so that they now be set free. He sent me to liberate those held down by oppression. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, he says, In any heart where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is liberty. And then in Romans 8.1 and 2, it says, Therefore, there's no condemnation. There's now no condemnation that awaits those who are living in Jesus the Anointed, the liberating King. And I love how the voice translation, the one we use, so many times when you see Jesus, it it's calls him the liberating king, like someone who is here to, to liberate us from something. And we know he wasn't that liberating king that we thought that was going to take over the Roman Empire and start anew. But there's a different kind of liberation that he's over that, that can rule our life. And it says, because when you live by the anointed one, Jesus, a new law takes effect. The law of the spirit of life breathes into you and liberates you from the law of sin and death. I think so much back to even my own life and how, like this, the, the message of grace and Jesus' love and that Jesus was enough, like was so liberating to me. Like, I would have never, I have my 20 year class reunion in August and 20 years ago, there is no way I could have seen myself as doing this. And classmates that uh, will, will have conversations, this is crazy, like that. Luke Dusick would be a part of a spiritual community or, or helping lead, inspire, change. Like this wasn't where I was at or where I was going because there was no permission. Like someone who did something like this had to like look so different. And so I wonder what, if that was my perception of helping lead what and even be a part of a community, how much more is that still ingrained in some of us and we need to really reflect on liberty and celebrate what we have that will open us up to even being able to be used by Jesus so much more. But he says here, the law of the Spirit breathes life into you and liberates you from the law of sin and death. And this is something that we see in scriptures that people confuse because we start to see Jesus starting to, to sh share a message that, uh, sorry, windy, changes... Um, he says that he's come to complete the law. And we see this law of Moses and the, the law and the Ten Commandments is something put away. And he introduces this law of the Spirit. Or we also see it called the law of love. Or James calls it the law of freedom, which I think is really interesting since we're talking about this. There's something about this law. And what is this law? This, this part where Jesus says he puts his laws on our hearts 
and that we can just trust him now. It says we don't need a tutor any longer. Uh, at one point we were children and needing to be directed by something, but now we can trust in his spirit. And I think he's talking about humanity, not even us singularly. It's humanity needed a tutor to get it from the state it was in to the state we are now. And he says, now you're ready for something different. You're ready to start trusting your hearts. You're ready to start walking from that. And he says, his one commandment that we get from Jesus, to love others as he's loved us. This is the law of love, the law of uh, the spirit, the law of freedom that we see James talking about. Something about going on the inside, looking to how Jesus would love someone else and allowing ourselves to do that, that trumps everything else, that puts the puzzle pieces together, but also in the same way frees us, brings a freedom to ourselves. I, I, I know um, I have rabbi friends who tease me that say they would rather take the 613 laws over the one Jesus rule to love your neighbor as he's loved you any day of the week. It seems easier to them. But Jesus... He talks in cloak and mystery. He's not super easy to figure out. Like you, you, you dive into this and his actions speak louder than words, but he starts talking about a liberty that comes from loving people differently. In Galatians 5.1, he says, So stand strong for this freedom. The anointed one freed us so we wouldn't spend one more day under the yoke of slavery, trapped under the law. And so this needing outside regulations or people to structure you somehow is enslaving is what Jesus is saying but a, the law of the spirit he says is looking to the inside to his spirit and what he's put in your heart who he's created you to be at your core now who someone else says you need to look like but who he's made you to be he says following that following that spirit and loving others genuinely like I did he says brings a freedom that comes to mind and he says stand strong for this freedom don't let yourself get enslaved or trapped again. And we see all these messages in the New Testament of, oh, there was a spy among us looking at our liberties, trying to once again enslave us to do this or that. And we see arguments even among the followers of Jesus. Well, it's freedom, but maybe we should give people this list of to-dos because wouldn't that be good? And Paul's like, well, that's your prerogative. You want to give them that list? But if we still remember that Jesus has no lists, it comes from the inside. It comes from our core of who we're made to be. I... Um, I sat with a girl uh, just Thursday night. We had coffee. Um, she came out as being gay only a little over a month ago, and it has been amazing and devastating all in the same breath in her life. Like, her family is really struggling, and in the name of Jesus saying, we probably can't be your family anymore, and yet she's struggling with this. And through conversations and telling her, like, if this is at your core, if this is what you're following, then this is what Jesus has made you to be. Like, this is, it's not like you're some cosmic mistake, like, burp or God tripped and all of a sudden there was, like, this is who you're made to be. And she started weeping because she's like, I've, that thought wasn't even a possibility in my mind until you just said that. And she's like, there seems to be such a lifting of a weight right now that I can't even like contain, like it just brought tears because the freedom that we're talking about in Jesus, it lifts things. It, there's something unexplainable that comes rushing in when we're allowed to trust that God has made you this way. Those hopes, those dreams, those passions, they come from somewhere else on the inside. They come from him and not following that is actually hiding a piece of God from the world. Because when we are acting out ourselves, and when we together do that, it says it shows a picture of Jesus to the world that's watching. And so, 
trying to have us all look together and look the same, we're, we're, all we're doing is clouding this picture of this beautiful creator that we have. And so today, it's, it's how do we celebrate this? Like, America celebrating Independence Day on Tuesday. This is the weekend when lots of people go away, as we can see. But how do we celebrate our freedoms? And not American freedoms, the, the true freedoms, these liberating freedoms. How do we go forward and celebrate this? I think... Just like everything we talk about in the New Testament, the beginning comes from this resting, this understanding, this celebrating, this giving thanks of it. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore let us all be thankful that we are part of an unshakable kingdom um, and offer to God a worship that pleases him and reflects the awe and reverence we have towards him. Well, a worship that reflects the awe and reverence we have towards him is also trusting that he is created us and he's created us unique and special and given us talents and gifts and we need to celebrate those gifts celebrate that that he chose you this way and said this is perfect there's so many perfection verses not even just like we'll try this this may be good no he said no this is the perfect way this is the perfect way to make jan like this you can't make a jan better than this and he made jan and so and we have so much self-doubt that we, it, it takes a life of rehearing these verses and talking and praying and hearing others to really even get a, a, the basic grasp on that. But it is true. It's a reality. That's part of the celebration is that thankfulness of, man, look who you've made me to be. I beat myself up for so long that I didn't look like other ministers instead of being like, well, this is how I am. There's no kids here today. Shit, this is how God made me to be. Like, come on. Like, this is, there's something beautiful about embracing that and then running with it. Instead of trying to pretend and do church a certain way to be like, what has he told, and we do this as a community. What has he told us that we can do, that we can look like? And that's why we've had a discussion in prayer circles and we live life differently. Um, It's because there's something about that liberating king, this liberation, this freedom, that really does propel us into something else. And it propels us into a place of being able to give it away then. But it has to come from that rest. It's, it's, and it's, it's such a dichotomy. It's such a yin and yang. It's such an opposite that we're, we're frustrated sometimes. It seems like we're supposed to rest in Jesus and just celebrate what he gives. On the other hand, he invites us to be his hands and feet and said, I've, I've pretty much entrusted this to you. And like sat down and said, go with it. You guys have this. Like, bring my kingdom, bring this peace, bring this freedom to others on the earth. And so you're like, man, there's all this potential and work to be done, yet it comes from this place of rest and trust and celebrating. And so we're called to both. And if we look at Paul in Galatians, he says, brothers and sisters, God has called you to freedom. Hear the call and don't spoil it by using your liberty to engage in what your flesh desires. And even some translations say in only what your flesh desires. Don't just use it all for you. He says instead use it to serve each other as Jesus taught through love. For the whole law comes down to this one instruction. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're hopefully doing this. Um, it, it, this, this, this passing it on. This serving someone else, this inviting someone else into freedom. Because how else do you, freedom is so, those, those synonyms we use, so liberating, so empowering, so engaging. How do you celebrate freedom truly than to offer other people into it, than to give it away? Because if freedom is other people coming down on you, then liberation is getting to experience the freedom from that. So what, giving it away, celebrating it, we only can try to envelop other people into that. Have people see this freedom and want to be a part of it. Um, and I hope as a nation that is known for freedom, 
the word freedom should be synonymous with America, that we would want to envelop as many people into the same rights that we're trying really hard to help everyone to have and to remember that there's a core to that, uh, that, that, this, that the freedom is what empowered us to even get to where we are today. And now it seems like we're, I don't know, would we not want the whole world to experience that? And as Christians, is it not even more? As followers of Jesus, do we not want to empower people through this, through liberty, through unshackling them and, and, and empowering them to be who they were created to be at the core? Again, this, he says the whole law comes down to this one instruction, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, love your neighbor as I've loved you. And then we see James saying that if anyone lives by this law of liberty, it's, there's, there's no stopping what potential we have in front of us that we can do. Yes, he says, everything's permissible. But he says, not everything's profitable. Not everything's going to bring about beauty. Not everything's going to empower your neighbor. And so again, it's this, like, yes, you have freedom to do whatever we want. But he's like, don't just make it a party. We could be Bloom and just have potlucks every Sunday. And just be us. And never invite anyone else in. And have no website. And if someone came in and was like, are you Bloom community? Like, no, we're just a little family group having a picnic. Like, you can go on your day. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a shunning or there's an inviting other people into that. And it's not just this bubble then. It's like, well, where's the needs in our community? We do so much with Ramsey School and there's people that volunteer with youth in St. Paul. We're, we're looking beyond ourselves and see that need to like part of this freedom and part of experiencing the freedom is this call to go to someone else and to do something more. To use our freedom, not just for us, for others, in a weird way helps us to experience freedom at the same time. First Corinthians 9.19, he says, I am free of obligations to all people, and even though no one owns me, so I'm not obligated to anyone, he says, I've become a slave by my own free will to everyone in hopes that I would gather more believers. Paul says that there's, there's something about this freedom he's experienced that has made him want to put himself as servant of all, as just to put other people in front of himself, that's catapulted him into this. It's his own free will. He looked to the inside. No one has asked him to do that. He had no commitments to no one else. He said, yet I chose this. I saw the life that came in this, and I decided to live that way. So how do we do it? How do we make this work? How do we live it out more? And I think instead of coming up with just dialogue and dogma, it's unique to each and every one of us and to those gifts on the inside. Like, like, what do you have to give away? What is there in there? How do you experience freedom? What have you already felt in Jesus? And how can you share that with your neighbor? Because it's one thing to read about freedom and it's another thing to pair up with someone who's experienced it, who helps us to realize that. And that's where perspective comes in because the freedom that Shira has experienced is completely different than the freedom that Jorgi has experienced or that Reina or Nikki has experienced in Jesus. And so if we start coming together, dialoguing and talking about what this looks like and how to give it away, our perspective shifts, it grows, it opens it sees more potential. It sees how big this liberty can be. And we turn a small community into something greater. It, a, a beautiful portrait of Jesus. Um, Jesus, we just pray that as we dialogue, as we discuss, as we go into discussion, that you help each and every one of us grow in this perspective to feel your warm embrace, to feel that rest that comes from it's all you and not us that puts us right in you, that gives us this freedom, but also to look to our core, to that spirit that you've infused in us, and to see where we're being inspired to love differently, and where the freedom that comes from that. We just thank you for that right now, in Jesus' name. Amen.